right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. And I am your romance novel veteran. And I'm a virgin with a capital V, baby. This week we read um, The Last Wolf, The Legend of All Wolves by Maria Vale. Room for weakness. But because she saw in Sailfer a kind of strength that Pax almost never had. The courage to face the unknown. The runt was, as wolves say, strong of marrow. Unfortunately, the great forest of Dean was falling fast to the human's rapacious desires for lumber and grazing and iron. And with her pack on the edge of starvation, Alfreda had sent Sailfer back to Wolfric. She knew what waited for the girl, but submission was better than death. At least that's what Alfreda told herself. And Clayton, what did you think of this cover? I... Like this cover fine. There is a little bit like so the cover is the face of a wolf with a human uh well it's the eyes in the kind of beginning of the face of a wolf on a man's chest, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh and it's uh white because there's a lot of snow. Um it was good. I mean it works as a romance cover. Like I look at this cover and I think this is a romance novel. Really? Don't you? Or do you think it's like a supernatural thriller? It could be supernatural or something. I don't think it necessarily only screams romance. Shirtless dude, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like the eyes and the snout are superimposed over. Uh, we see that six pack. So that's why I would think romance. Yeah. I like this cover. I like all the covers in this series. I think are really well done. They all have that same motif. Yeah. And evocative and like pretty and good. Yeah. I like them all. Nice. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm going to throw this to you <laughs> about what happened in this book. Yeah, you had a hard time. I, I, yeah, I had a hard time following, like, what, like, I know that we have Syl, who is Quicksilver, is our her- heroine, and then Ty is a shifter, mm-hmm. and he's our hero. Now, Silver is not technically a shifter. She's a werewolf. Pretty much. But she can shift whenever she wants, but has to shift three days out of the month. But she's if she's already a wolf, when the Iron Moon, which is what happens that she has to shift, then she'll just always be a wolf. That's she right. won't be able to change back. That's right. That's the thing. Now... Versus Ty, who can shift into a wolf whenever he feels like it. But d- didn't want to, right? He doesn't want to, He doesn't want to. And he's very bad as a wolf. Mm-hmm. He's well, At least at the beginning, he's very clumsy and bad. Yeah. Um, okay, so that I know. So I think this book was difficult because any time that you are setting up a series, you ha- it's difficult because you have to do world-building... And tell a story. And I think those two things are hard to do. Mm-hmm. So I felt like what a lot of this book was was world building and letting us know a lot of different rules that I think are things we're going to need to know further on as you read the series. But for this, you don't necessarily need to know. Mm-hmm. This seemed like – so this book is basically about Silver. She is a, the runt of the pack. And there comes this time where everybody has is basically pairing off. And nobody really wants to pair off with her because she is the runt and she has a bum leg. And so um, they basically say, like, either you can pair off 
Uh, oh, and then a man stumbles in who they know is a shifter, and they're like, okay, well, you can pair off with a shifter, or you basically are going to be single forever, and you basically have to be like pretty much like a servant to the alpha. And those are her choices, and she chooses to stay with a shifter. And so the, rela- so the relationship is about the two of them falling in love, but also him being accepted into the pack, as well as him, like, he teaches her about how to more be human because she can change it to wolf and she likes being a wolf better than she does like being a person um, where he's the opposite. So they sort of also teach each other like how to embrace that other side of themselves that they aren't as accepting of. Mm-hmm. And that's the book. So there's a lot about packs and very intricate, like the hierarchies and how you um, act within the pact and, and all of these little uh, rituals and everything. I found this book hard because, and I don't know if it was just like what I downloaded or what, but there was like a formatting issue where there wouldn't be a separation between scenes. What did you download? Did you like bootleg this? No, from Amazon. (laughs) I I bought it. I paid money. A sketchy Russian site? Uh, No, I would never. I don't pirate anything. I don't either. But um, Pay for people's creativity, please. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, um, but, and so that made it like a very difficult reading experience for me because I feel like I would be reading along, like understanding where we were. And then all of a sudden there would be a character there or they'd be somewhere else. And I would be like, huh? Mm -hmm. What? How do we, how do we get here? And, and it was also more of a book about basically this woman being accepted by her pack, still being accepted by her pack, than necessarily romance because this whole book is also in first person present and only ever her point of view and we never see ty's point of view which is difficult too for the love story because you sort of like you see her kind of falling in love with him but you don't know anything that's happening with him and so it's just kind of like how you don't know where he's at and for her she also is basically a wolf and so she doesn't have like relate to things in a way that like a human would and so it's also kind of hard to understand where she is at any point um the only other i don't know maybe i'm wrong the only other book we had that was one person's point of view the whole time was hothead oh right right and that was just because in that book the main character was closeted and hadn't told his best friend that he was gay. And the whole thing was him trying to come to terms with that and figuring out what he was going to do and what he was going to say to his his uh, best friend. And if we knew his best friend's thoughts, then it would have given away mm-hmm. how he felt about all of this, which could be, I'm into it, which ends up being the case. So that was the reason for that. The reason for that this is that way. I don't know if there was like a, a, a real reason for it to only be one point, point of view. Right. And the point of view is also Tiberius you find out is he said that he was like alone and thrown out from his group and everything. Um, but you find out that his father is like the king of the shifters and that he wants all of the land that the wolves have, that the pack has, because there's oil or something on it. And so he is saying, oh, um, sending Ty in there to sort of figure out the situation and then ultimately wants to kill everybody in the pack to get to um, the land. Mm-hmm. But Bad um, dad situation. Ba- classic bad dad. 
So, uh, yeah, so that was it. But so, yeah, so it wasn't as much romance as I would have hoped, I think. Yeah. I did like, and this is the sort of thing of the um, Millier, which I know we didn't love. Uh But I did like how it was two people who were extraordinarily extraordinary and not just sort of like a human walking and be like what's going on Mm -hmm. like i liked that it was already immediately like she's entrenched in this world and he is too and they're sort of like equal on that in that way so that was my thing is like she can shift but she can't she she can shift at will kind of but it's not like ty who is able to shift anytime he wants with no rules yeah she has rules she has rules yeah and I wanted no rules. I think it just so that she it was about somebody being more involved in like sort of the wild side than if she was just a shifter and they were just going back and forth willy nilly. Because a lot of it is also them as a pack setting up for those three days a year when they're all wolves. And so like they don't use guns and they have like for medical attention stuff, they kind of know how to take care of themselves because, you know, there's times of the month where everybody will be a wolf. Yeah. Yeah, guns were a big, like, uh, taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I, – I mean, I like the idea of being a wolf in general, of mm-hmm. being freer, of being wilder. Uh, that, I think, really appeals to me. And the fact that um, Syl felt kind of the same way, I think. She was, like, very happy in her wolf form. She was very happy in her wolf form and not as much in her human form. Mm-hmm. Which I get that. I'm not so happy with my human form. <laughs> I, I often wonder this. This is something that I wonder about being a shifter or like being an animal in general. I'm like so worried about my appearance, like how fit I am, right? Uh, how much hair I have, things like that. If I was a wolf, would it matter to me if I had a couple extra pounds or like, my fur was a little thinner than somebody else's fur. Like, would that matter? Like if I had, if I was a shifter and I shifted into it, would I still have those vanity, those, that vanity? Or would I be like, I'm in a body that is made for certain things. Like it has a specific use, right? You're a hunter. You hunt, you eat, you live, you fuck. That's what a wolf does. It would simplify things. Yeah. You know, where you're a human, your purpose isn't as set in stone. What is the purpose of being a human? You make it up. Mm-hmm. It's made up. I mean, maybe we have a more universal purpose that we just don't understand. We're like a link in the food chain. A lot of people think that we're uh, just a carrier for like germs and uh, bacteria and stuff. We're just and bugs. We just walk around with them and they they use us kind of as transportation. I think that's a very interesting way to look at yourself as transportation for smaller (laughs) creatures. And maybe that is your purpose and everything else that you're doing really isn't that purposeful. So I like think about that when I read these books, what's your thought? Do you think it'd be simpler to be an animal? I guess so. But if you had your own brain, would you? Oh, me as an animal? No, I think I would go crazy. Why? I don't know, because there's, like, human stuff I'd probably want to do. But I think for an animal, it's, like, if you were to have, like, a thin coat or if you were to be very thin or, um, 
whatever, that would just be a sign of like you're not being healthy. But that's so that's what I'm saying is like then but it, then it would be like easier to just get a to 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 get better because you would just go and eat something and then, you know, I don't know. Or maybe I would be like, oh, is my fur thinning? Like, oh, geez, like I'm a little bit slower than I used to be. My yeah. hips hurt. Like, but if I had a wolf brain, obviously I wouldn't be thinking that. But if I shifted into a wolf, I'm just wondering if I'd have those same hangups. Or I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to run free. That's why I often think about become, being a horse. I would love to be a horse. Just like, just not a horse in Central Park or anything like that. Not like, but a free horse. Just mm-hmm. running constantly. It's like a simpler lifestyle. I guess so. Yeah, simpler wants and needs. Yeah. So, like the reason, the, like the the fact that uh, uh, Ty didn't really want to be a wolf was like surprising to me. Like I'm always, I'm always on the side of if I could be more of an animal, I would be. Yeah, I think for him too, though, it's like she grew up so a part of like her pack and her group that I think she felt that camaraderie more when she was a wolf in that the things she could do where as a human, she didn't feel like she had as much to give sort of to the group where for, I think for him, you know, with them being shifters, they spent all their time as humans. So he's sort I think he was sort of like, well, what's the point of becoming a wolf? It's not that that'll like, I'm able to do things necessarily that I couldn't do before. I think that's the thing with shifters. That was the thing with the leopard shifter too, because he would just become a leopard to run, which was like cool. But like, you don't really need to ever be a leopard. Yeah. But don't you think there's a freedom involved in that? I guess so. Yeah. But he still had his bills once he was back to being a person. That's true. Yeah. God, imagine coming back. You're a wolf for like three weeks you come back to your house, you're all refreshed, you're all, you just like, you know, ate whatever you wanted. You were chasing stuff and like tasting, you know, fresh meat. And you come home and you're, you see a fucking bill, like like your internet bill. It would make you just want to tear it right up. Yeah. Wouldn't it? I think if you could be a wolf, you would never look back. No, I would, I would. You'd I become would, an ace wolf and you would be like, I'm yeah, done. I'd say Iron see Moon, come take me. Definitely. Yeah. Because what am I going to, you know, I'd be more compact. Oh, it'd be great. But you don't want to be an animal. No. You like being a human. Yeah. Really? Oh, it's so hard to say. I've never been anything else okay. that I know of or but remember. You but you don't imagine it? No. Hmm. <laughs> like, what would you miss? What would you miss doing as a human that you couldn't do as a wolf? I like watching Netflix. Really? But that's not even an experience. Like, I. Netflix would be nothing compared to what you were able to do and what and where you were able to go as a wolf. I guess so. An experience. Instead of watching Blue I Planet. I couldn't go to Paris. I be, couldn't go to Paris, drink wine, eat a croissant. You could eat a croissant? As a wolf? Yeah. Where am I getting one? You go to come France. up to the table and you'd put your little wolf snout how on I, there. But how am I getting to Paris? You'd be, it, uh, there's plenty of fucking animals that get to Paris. <laughs> You would just have to have a friend who wasn't a wolf who could, like, put a sign around your neck and be like, someone please take me to Paris. Yeah. I'll, I'll try that now. put a little beret on you. It'd be so cute. Yeah. If I saw somebody with a leash with a beret on a wolf and a sign that said, please take my wolf to Paris with you, I would fucking do it in a second. 
All right. Yeah. Now we know if you are a wolf shifter and you want to go to Paris, Clayton will take you. Put a little beret on your head. Yeah. I know it might be demeaning, but sometimes you got to demean yourself a little bit. <laughs> but then I'm making it. See, that sucks because I wouldn't want to be demeaned. That's a part of being a wolf yeah. is doing whatever you want and not being, not having a master. And then you're a master to somebody who just decides to pick you up on the side, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, of the, the baggage claim and put you, you know, put you in their suitcase and poke a, whole, a few holes in it. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, you'd miss your hands and stuff, I guess. Oh, yeah, I miss my hands. What are these hands good for? Mm. I guess I couldn't read. I mean, I guess I couldn't read. I could read, but it'd be hard to, like, turn the pages. Yeah, you couldn't really read. That I think I would miss. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I, I don't know. I think that I'd be too powerful of a pull to call the wild. Yeah. Um, what did you think about um, when Caitlin presented herself <laughs> for Ty? I thought Clayton is going to want to talk about this. Yes. That was so funny. Because the, the funny thing about the pack is like even when they're in human form, they still act like wolves. And so apparently because it's all communal living – Everybody sleeps together, and so you only are caring about, like, just strong sleeping with other strong. So they were in a sauna, and Ty was in a sauna, and all of a sudden this uh, woman comes in and, like, presents her ass to him, and he just, like, is real creeped out by it. And Caitlin, the woman who does it, mm-hmm. was because uh, Quicksilver or Sil shows up, and Caitlin's like, he don't know. He doesn't know this how this goes. Yeah, and she's like, "No, he doesn't. He no, don't worry about it. He doesn't know." And he's all like skeeved out about it. And she had uh, pock marks on her ass, but they were per- porcupine quills. <laughs> they were from porcupine quills because she loves to eat porcupines. Yeah, and doesn't learn the lesson that it's you can't. Uh, that was very funny. The fact that they ate, they had to eat everything they kill. Yeah. So there was a, a, a point at the beginning where Ty kills a snake and Syl's like, well, you got to eat that snake. It's a milk snake, which I've never heard of. Do you know what a milk snake is? Yeah. Just like a harmless snake in the garden. But but I, I've never heard that term milk snake. Is oh. it a specific snake, like a gardener snake? I don't know. Because isn't there like one that's just like those little tiny ones that don't bite anybody? Yeah. But then Syl <laughs> ends up having to eat it. And she was like full from a bunch of other food, but she eats it because you in that pack. Well, it's like the rule: you can't kill anything without eating it, mm-hmm. which I think is a good rule. Yeah, but then she had to kill like they kill people at a certain stage, and she has to like eat people, and she's like, "Oh, it's so gross." Yeah. Oof. Well, I think I agree that eating people would be very disgusting. No, I don't want to. The amount of stuff that we put in our body, it would it'd be so unhealthy. Yeah, it'd be gross. But what did you think of the sex in this book? This was another very, like, clinically sex book. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, the things that stood out to me were when she was a wolf as the Iron Moon and she has to, like, stay behind and watch pups. And then she looks in the window of the boathouse where they're staying and um, Ty is in there and he jerks off. (laughs) And she's just watching and she's like, well, now I'm turned on. I can't masturbate because I'm a wolf. Mm -hmm. So maybe I would miss that if I was a wolf. Oh, yeah. Um, And she gets all mad. And then when she becomes a person again, she's like, what the fuck were you reading that you started masturbating? He goes, the New Yorker. And I just thought that was really funny. Um, So that was good. And then she sort of repays the favor at a certain stage where, like, she masturbates while he's a wolf. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the sex was good, I guess. I don't really remember much of it. But, yeah. I think also because you see everything from her point of view and her ideas around sex are very, like, procreation-based. That she was sort of like, well, you know, well, now we're having sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was some oral, which was good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I think that, that was the thing with this. For me... And I've said this in previous episodes, world building, I don't, I'm not like a, I'm not going to get bogged down in, in all the world building stuff. Like I love John Wick, the first movie, Mm -hmm. but then the second and third, when they get too much in the minutia, that's not what I came for. Right. I came to see Keanu Reeves kicking ass. That's what I want to see. It doesn't matter what these gold coins mean or this thing means or whatever. I just want to see that. And with this, there was. I mean, I am curious to read the second book because I feel like once all that stuff's out of the way, it might be more of just a pure, like, story without a lot of explanation. So I also had people that were part of the pack that were – had offices and stuff. Right, and the second book is about Elijah, who's one of their their lawyers who lives somewhere else, and he only comes home for the Iron Moon. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be really interesting because it's sort of how that person's relate to like the world. Yeah, I would definitely be into reading that one. But this one, yeah, there, I think there was just like a lot of world building. It was hard, and a lot of new characters. I mean, introduced to new characters, and then also being introduced to, um. Yeah, all new customs and everything. It just, it ended up sort of like being a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Not that I didn't enjoy her writing style and she was very funny and Yeah, there's a good sense of humor. Yeah. And and I also love that she managed to remind us that they live in the real world without hitting our head over it with it. Where I feel like sometimes in these books, it's like, all right, I get it. We're, you're living in our time. Yeah. But this, she's sort of all like the subtle nods to it were just sort of like, it was all very natural in the way that it was presented. So I appreciated that too. When she would mention products by name, mm-hmm. it was organic. It's like how anybody would mention something. Right. If, you know, like if I asked if you wanted a, a, a Coke or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like people would say that. That's what people say. They're not going to say, do you want a, do you want a carbonated beverage? Mm-hmm. It was interesting hearing about how when they give birth that it's basically they get like the women just get strapped to a bed and they have to like change with the kids inside them. So they have to be a wolf when the babies are wolves and they have to be a person when the babies are people. Mm -hmm. And I liked how also she described how hard it was to do the change. It wasn't just sort of like magic shimmer. It was like, no, it kind of hurts and you lose all your senses for a while. Yeah. They mention, she mentions that uh, it's not like in the movies where they can change mid leap. Oh, yeah. Because it takes a lot more. She, they talk, she talks the shit about uh, Twilight, which I like, too. Would you fuck them? Ty seemed very hot. So, yes, for sure. He calls Syl a bitch immediately. And I know that's the term for a female dog, so mm-hmm. I get it. He calls her rotten and calls her bitch. But it was a little off-putting. But, I mean, yeah. I can see. I mean, he's attractive. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say him and Syl, sure, why not? She seems like she'd be fun. Mm-hmm. She'd be wild. No pun intended. Kind of intended. Intended a little bit. Um, would you fuck them as wolves? No. If you were a wolf? 
Then sure. Sure. I would only fuck them as a wolf. With you also being a wolf. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise. I would lick some peanut butter off of Ty's. Stop <laughs> Oh, sorry I went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went there. I hate people <laughs> who do that. I'm just a straight shooter. I'm just saying what everybody was thinking. Yeah, we were all thinking it. We didn't need to say it. <laughs> That's the thing about that is that I have my own thoughts and some of those shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. They no. should be staying in this old... Keep it in the noggin. Keep it in the noggin, my friends. Um, yes, but I would be a wolf and I would fuck them as wolves. Or we would just all stand in a circle and sniff each other's butts. Yeah. As people, would you fuck them? No, but I would sniff their butts. Okay, yeah. great. All right. And I'd have them sniff my butt. All right. <laughs> Goodreads? Goodreads list. Do it. Now, this so, is 2018. We seem to be reading a lot of like um, n- books that have been published recently. Yeah, I think those are just our recs that are coming in. But we should read some more from further back. Mm-hmm. Um, so not on many lists, again, because it's new, no. um, but it is on werewolf books. Yes. Werewolf and shifter romance. Yes. Best shifter slash werewolf books. I mean, we haven't read a lot of uh, shifter uh, wolf books. We haven't read in any. This is the only like werewolf. And they never refer to themselves as werewolves. They don't. So... I don't know if they are even technically, but it seems, well, wolves don't decide when they, werewolves don't decide when they change, so maybe. Yes. Um, BookCon 2019. Sure. She was at BookCon. That's right, so that is correct. Yeah. So that might be a list of people that the writer of that list wanted to see at BookCon. Yeah, probably. And maybe we saw the writer of that list because we were at BookCon. Mm-hmm. Boom. They couldn't if- keep us out. If you were that person, email us. Yeah. And you're listening to this. Wow. Imagine that. Um, I do think those circles would cross. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that's not a weird thing. I, there were probably some listeners at BookCon. Oh, it'd be nice to think that maybe. Um, so what are your tropes? Shifter. Werewolf. Bad dad. Mm-hmm. Got a bad dad going on. Um. World building is a trope. What are some other tropes? Well, I'll give you my list. Okay. So I had an engagement of convenience, because it was. Uh We read two of those this month. Shifter, Stranger in a Strange Land. That's sort of um, uh, her helping him sort of acclimate to their culture. One point of view, uh, forced proximity, because they have to be in that boathouse together. Shifter werewolves, paranormal romance, and then, like, family, because it's all about, like, her pack, who is her family. Yeah. And that's it. Big family. A pack would be a big family. Yeah. It is. So, Clayton, what is you swooning this week? Thank you for asking. Um, so I just read a book that I really liked. It was called I Like to Watch by mm. Emily Nussbaum. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how you say it. I get everybody's uh, uh, names wrong, but it's close. And you'll be able to find it if you want to look it up. And it is a... Uh, a book about TV, mm. essays about TV written by Pulitzer Prize winning critic, 
Emily Nussbaum. I love Emily Nussbaum. I knew she's fantastic. Very little about her before I picked up this book. And I'm not a big TV guy, I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you, but I do like uh, cultural criticism. And I picked this book up and it's really great. She has a few new essays. A lot of it's been published before, but she talks about um, all the like golden age shows, really. Sopranos. She talks about Lost. She talks about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She talks about um, some of, uh, she does some profiles on a few people that really made me interested in their work. So like uh, Kenya Barris who uh, is the showrunner of Blackish and has worked on a bunch of different stuff, really got to know uh, more about him through this. Also, um, the guy who did Glee and Nip Tuck and all those, and him blanking on his name, unfortunately. Mark Cherry. No, that's, that's Desperate oh. Housewives. Um, he he uh, also did American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. But... Very interesting guy, very interesting background, just really great profiles. She's a really awesome writer. She also has a very good essay about separating um, artists from their art and whether that's possible and what the implications of that are and not done in that clickbaity type of way, but in a really thoughtful way, which I really loved. I think she really thought about the issue and her conclusion very much comes through thinking about it and not like knee jerk reacting, which I thought was very, very interesting. And I really enjoyed it. So, uh, that's what I'm swooning about. I like to watch, uh, by Emily Nassbaum. And I do think even though there are some, there's a heaviness a little bit, but it's still talking about TV a lot. So it's a really good beach read if you're looking for that. Yeah. I'm going to pick it up. I wanted to read her stuff cause I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erin, what are you swooning about? Um, so I am swooning about, and I know that we've got some criticism for being like too New York focused, but it's a Broadway show that I saw called Hades Town, which if you're coming to New York, see it because it is truly amazing, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um But if you can't come to New York, it's okay because the soundtrack is available and the soundtrack is amazing. So sort of the genesis of Hadestown um, is that uh, Anais Mitchell, who is a folk songwriter and singer, wrote basically a folk opera, she called it, called Hadestown, all about the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. And recorded as an album, and basically people came to her after the album and said, let's make it into a a show. And so they've been working on it for basically a decade, and it's been in Vermont and Canada and London and finally to New York City. Um, And it was nominated for 14 Tonys, and it won a bunch, including Best Director, Best um, uh, Book and Lyrics, I believe. She might not have won Best Book, but anyway, um, the lead actor, and it won Best Musical. It, it The entire creative team is all women, which is really just fun and sadly very rare for theater. Um, and it's just a fantastic play, and it's a great, great story. Um, and it is also just really fun to listen to, I think. So um, the soundtrack of Town. Erin, tell us mm-hmm. where they can find us so rate review subscribe we've said before just 
do it. It helps people find us. We really appreciate it. We read them. I screenshot them to send them to Clayton. Um, and he enjoys getting them too. You check them too. Yeah. Oh, I check the iTunes ones. Yeah. Um, if you want to email us, you can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at learningtropes, Instagram at learningthetropes, and then our Facebook group is Learning the Tropes Troop. So if you, um, we have a lot of fun in there. Clayton loves doing polls. So if you want to start taking polls, you can join. We also always release our books early there. So if you want that info, you can come early. Um, and then our next episode is going to be True Pretenses by Rose Lerner. So go ahead and pick that up um, if you want to read along with us. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.